Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, today is the day that you have been waiting for, the second to the penultimate, wait, the first to the penultimate episode of this season two because you watched Wish Star Crash. Yes, we're going to do a couple more episodes, I think. I'm going to make an unholy, indecent pro proposal, proposition to you um, sometime within the next episode or two about what I would like to do for a bonus episode. But today is the day Dr. Alan Barris Michael Clink and me, Michael Vanderpool, are going to talk about two movies set in Detroit. Shut your eyes and listen. They're pretty much the same movie, RoboCop and The Crow. RoboCop from not the 2014. No. New, this is original 1987. Yeah. 87 RoboCop. And Paul Crow is Paul Verhoeven. He's the director. Yeah. And, and I just have to give it up for the Dutch. The Dutch do amazing things. Yeah, but the Dutch turned around and did Showgirls, so um, the which, Dutch shouldn't get too much credit. Which is amazing in its own amazing way. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going we're to watch Showgirls at some point because I want to. I we need to talk about it, but it's a failed movie on every so, level. So, 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 so quick aside: what kind of category would Showgirls fit into? Um, Movies that star people from Saved by the Bell. There's got that's got to be a subcult. <laughs> Group. It is really ex a exploitation movie. Ooh, nice. Uh, Verhoeven I mean, was intending to make it a morality play, a la A Star Is Born, or a number of other uh, uh, show movies about uh, show business, and mm -hmm. he failed. Uh, and in fact, if you if you watch any of the interviews with him, or you like look at heaven forbid the show the big like showgirls art book he put out, and all this other stuff, he was really convinced that showgirls was going to be the bestest movie ever, and it's it just it's just bad. Uh, and then, but a better comparison movie with RoboCop is Starship Troopers. And I argue that RoboCop is the successful version, whereas uh, Starship Troopers is about half successful. It's trying to do exactly what RoboCop's doing, and it just doesn't have that RoboCop magic. RoboCop, I loved it. I love it. Oh, yeah. Uh, these Both these movies actually were kind of different from what we're used to because we're used to seeing the bad movies. Yeah. But now yeah. the... Crow was hurt by its ending. I, I, I maintain that right from the beginning. But uh, I still love Brandon Lee. Uh, we're we're going we're gonna to get to this. Uh, I think Brandon Lee would have been really big had he not died on the set of The Crow. I mean, uh, I saw Rapid Fire, uh, which was his movie right prior to The Crow. And it's, it was actually not bad. It was actually a perfectly good action movie. And Brandon Lee really had charisma. It's just he was in some really shitty stuff prior to that that uh, just is he could not uh, save despite being cool. Yeah, he was. Uh, uh, kill was he killed making this movie? Making the yeah, it's on set accident. Yeah. Apparently, they didn't clear uh, one of the guns properly, and a, and a bullet fragment uh, hit him in the like right in the heart, and it was just enough to off him yeah i heard about that for this movie like that i hadn't seen this movie but i've always heard about that that story and so every single time a gun came on screen it was a little bit more kind of it was a different feeling than other action movies with guns so i'm like crap yeah. 
which one of these is going to kill? It was almost like you're, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop the entire time. And it was very, very different, very disturbing, actually. Uh, yeah. I wonder, yeah. you know, the similarities um, between RoboCop and The Crow, I think we could laundry list them all day long. Um, the amount of gunfire is insane in both. Yeah. The graphic nature, I mean, RoboCop is definitely more grindhouse with, with yeah. how the bullets are tearing apart the body and everything. I wonder if they might have had a little bit more blood intended in The Crow, but because of that, maybe they dialed it back a little bit because it feels like like when he, the, the the next slashing of the knife and a lot of the stuff that like it could have been a lot more graphic there's no blood flying really at all in all that crazy gunfire right in the crow and the, the comic isn't terribly over the top as far as that goes either so they might have just been following that whereas and robocop uh, takes it to the extreme robocop <laughs> is amazing dude gets yes. shot in the brain and lives <laughs> originally the original treatment of it was written by frank miller so uh he of the dark knight returns and any number of other uh crazy over-the-top uh, comic book fascistic spectacles so robocop was another one of his weird think pieces at first and then it turned into verhoven kind of i guess kind of making fun of that to a certain extent so sorry where did robocop come from uh, Robocop was uh, originally written by Frank Miller. I don't remember if he's credited still as a writer, but uh, he actually did the original, I think it was the original script treatment. And then this version is really heavily changed. So and apparently, it, so where did it, did he originate from a comic or was is this is the birth of Robocop? Uh, it was, I think it originally started as a script. Uh, it wasn't, uh, th there is a comic book version that was made off of Miller's uh, script it's uh, it's all right uh it's not uh it's not of the high quality of some of his other stuff but i can see why they changed it the movie's better i've heard some time some <clears throat> uh thoughts or theories that robocop was actually a spoof on action movies because the yeah. very beginning he's hanging out the door the, the car with two guns going and not getting hit at all and then later on gets shot up like crazy and then like over the top shot up with one shotgun takes off his arm, which is ridiculous. And then all this other stuff happens. And so I, I could see it as being a, a spoof on the Schwarzenegger or the Stallone type action movies or the, the Chuck Norris or the um, Jean-Claude Van Damme type action movies that were around. It does have a certain core of seriousness, but then there's this weird uh, and then there's the parody shell that's kind of hanging on it. And again, I think the combination actually really works. Yeah. Uh, I don't think any of the silliness of the overall world takes away from the drama of Murphy's story. And I don't think the drama of Murphy's story takes away from the silliness of the world. I think it actually all works together. Whereas in Starship Troopers, it really doesn't. Yeah, I, I think Starship Troopers, though. I mean, I had fun with it. <laughs> yeah, but, but Clink, your taste in movies is so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> like, Velocipaster? I oh, okay. that one. Okay. That was a good one. Yeah, uh, even a blind squirrel finds a nut. Something. I will give you blind squirrel nut in that case. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> quick, <me>. question. <laughs> <laughs> quick question. Quick uh, question. What so it's interesting because in RoboCop, 
uh, they set up the whole thing with his family at the front when he's, he's dying and has the memories come back of a other and a son or a wife and a son. And then he goes yeah. to the house and that re-triggers memories. Is that ever carried through or is that just like kind of fallen off? They never reappear. Do they, there's no closure in that they, story. Is there? Yeah, in no, they, they left the, the child, yeah. the, the mom and child left to go someplace else. And she started over, I guess it had been months and months and months since right. um, uh, Murphy died. But I think yeah. it was to make him look more human, appear yeah. more human. Because if he has a if he has a wife and family, then we can empathize with him. If he has nobody and lives alone, like um, Mel Gibson in *Lethal Weapon*, then you can't really empathize with him as much. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I thought that the way that they brought RoboCop to life was amazing. That POV, his POV coming in and out, I thought that that was super cool. I don't know where we might have seen that before. That's happened in cinema before or storytelling before, but I thought that was really engaging. There uh, they, is a movie where um, the entire movie takes place, uh, point of view from the the, guy, the main actor's point of view. Um, it's a 1940s. I forget the yeah. name of the movie though. <laughs> we talked about it in film class. I don't have to clap. It's it's science, people. <laughs> it's, science. Arts, it's arts. It's arts and science. Exactly. It's what we do. Yeah, I can't remember what the name of that film is, but yeah, black and white 1940s. It's a good one though. I liked it a lot. And then there's the hardcore Henry one that's newer. That's the the main actor doesn't main actor doesn't talk at all because it's hit from his point of view. But it was a okay movie. The one thing, okay, so two things, and they're the same thing. The one thing that drew me out of RoboCop was the stop motion animation. It's just a yeah. little doesn't hold up. Doesn't hold up. Yeah, right? that's, that's 1987 yeah. again. Oh. And some of the green screen stuff connected with that. It's not quite as, as wonky and weird as, uh, as Darkman, but still right. you can spot it. And I don't think it would have been as obvious in 1987, or at and, least it wouldn't have put you out as much. Right. And, and what was the uh, bad robot's name? Ed 19 or Ed? Ed 209. Ed 209. Um, where I might agree with you that this screams parody is when Ed 209 is trying to navigate the stairs. Yeah, that that, that also took me out of, of the whole thing. I'm like, and now he's like a turtle on its back. And well, yeah. I, I could see that the serious side of it. I could see that as showing the limitations of this uh, creation. But then if you look this right after the shop, right after that, where Robocop is running down the stairs. He does not have good movement either because he's yeah. kind of just tiptoeing down the stairs. Have you ever tried to walk around and steal underwear? It's not the easiest <laughs> thing, Mr. Clink. No, <laughs> I mean, I've never done that. Really? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no steal. Your your ten things go a little. Go a little. <laughs> <laughs> 10 years but steel underwear anniversary wow <laughs> it was my 10 year anniversary this past weekend and we did nothing except i bought her her favorite dinner what is that uh something from Coe's. Coe's. what is Coe's? it's a uh restaurant up in swanton chinese restaurant up in swanton oh okay yeah. so anyway I thought uh, Detroit as the backdrop for most of these movies was really not played up as a location. Like yeah, it's, the skyline stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird because uh, uh, the Detroit and RoboCop, it looks more like California. 
It's not. I mean, I think the mill is. I don't remember where the damn mill is. I know it's definitely not Detroit. It's it's all it's all Dallas. They they shot oh, it in Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. Because if yeah, you think it, of it's different. Like everything looks clearer, and mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have that dourness of of uh, of Michigan. Yeah. Well, and if you look at, you know, Detroit skyline, you know, with the Ren Center, like that's, yeah. there are certain shots you could have taken or, or used in there. And I think because they use an opening helicopter shot to open the film, right? Yeah. And that's the only time they, you see Detroit. Yeah. From they're, Which, really, they're really counting on people not knowing what Detroit looks like. But, but yeah, because it was more the stigma of Detroit being a. De- in murder capital or you know in competition for murder capital and this whole delta city and i think some of the uh the ideas of out of you know we're going to increase the deprivation or whatever in a in a place just to give us a reason to bulldoze it type type thing um, yeah. which the apparently the remake in 2014 uh, is shot on georgia atlanta so <laughs> film incentives yeah i know but you would think that they since it's set in detroit they would actually go to detroit to get that kind that's of real, real, real. Fill incentives, dude. You got to get the government to pay for your stake. That's that's how it yes. works, man. They could have done Vancouver, so like everything else. So yeah. Well, I mean, the the Netflix shows uh, for Marvel, the Jessica Jones, uh, D- Daredevil, Luke, Luke Cage, all that was actually shot and filmed in New York in those locations, and it was like a big deal at the time. I remember because they're like, oh, they're actually going to New York. Like, why didn't you do that before? <laughs> I think, I think, though, that speaks to what, um, you know, some of Marvel, and, and this is because we're here to talk about Marvel and DC and get totally off, off topic here, but, you know, Marvel being grounded in the real world of New York and everything else, I think, so shooting there lends to the, some of that authenticity that the comics have because they don't use fairy tale lands that just kind of move around based on the needs of a story. Yes. Right. <laughs> Superman. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So... Where should we do now? Are All we right. done talking about these movies? Well, let's talk <laughs> about villain quality. Mm, yes. RoboCop, hands down, some of the best villains in uh, action movies, just plain old period. Ronnie Cox, who plays Dick Jones of OCP, is like the perfect bad corporate bad guy. I, he's, he's vicious. He's petty. Uh territorial i mean he just really pulls it off but the but the the winner is kurtwood smith you know him from that 70s show yes, red, red foreman him as clarence boddicker <laughs> yes who's one of the best film villains ever he is a badass for sure for sure the i think what's interesting with both of these movies is both of these movies spend a long time establishing the world and the villain and the villain's motivation before the heroes even really, I mean, they're in, the heroes introduced, but, but we're riding with the villain much longer than we are with the hero, which I think is why these movies are part of the reason why these movies are really good is because yeah. it gives us that up front. And it's uh, the, a little weaker because the motivation's only chaos, but uh, at yeah. least, at least it kind of holds together for the, the bigger crow universe. I mean, here it's, it's that corporate greed thing and the idea of a corporate uh, guy having a thug work for him is like a standard of, of cyberpunk uh, 
film and literature at this point. I mean, that relationship between the two of them as the guy who does all the dirty work and then the boss uh, works really well. Which Hulk was that that we watched that's got that same thing going on? Was it the Incredible Hulk Returns? Yeah, yeah. 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 Same trope. Yeah. You know what? I want to go back to the beginning of RoboCop. I was reminded, and this makes sense with Frank Miller, I was reminded of the beginning of Dark Knight Returns with the the, the news reporters telling the story. I, I love how they deal with, handle the exposition in, in RoboCop at the very beginning. It is awesome. I, I love yeah. how they do that. It's definitely like, um, but if you take that shot, I think it's Lisa, Lisa, Lisa or Lisa Gibbons. Yeah. I think she's Entertainment Tonight right around that time period. And the way that she's made yep. up and the way that she looks and the way that they both are delivering their lines, they definitely remind me of the news media personalities from yeah. Dark Knight Returns. And I can yep. see that part as the spoof part, though, too, because they talk about the world, uh, the news of the world, and then they go to the actual commercials within the world, yep. which yes. are some messed up the the nuclear, global nuclear warfare board game for the family. And, and then the heart, what's the other one? Heart transplant? I think they yeah. were all kind of setting up the, the world that existed and the, and the possibilities that were going to exist for what our hero was going to have to be deal yep. with right like the yep. fact that we could transplant hearts and everything else seemed to give us enough of a science and medicine that we could take somebody's face who I, i'm sorry you get shot 300 times one of them's gonna hit your face i'm sorry it's gonna happen <laughs> well and uh, what's in interesting address that a little bit but anyway okay what, what's interesting too is the Crow's world seems really dark and, and crime-ridden and everything. Robocop's right. world, not necessarily. I mean, yeah, Detroit's got crime, but, I mean, every city has crime. But it seems like the world in Robocop is darker because you have all military stuff going on here. There's nuclear uh, uh, fallout still, or nuclear uh, threats still happening here and this and that because the news is telling you all this other stuff that's happening throughout the world, whereas yep. with Crow... For all we know, nobody cares about Detroit, just like uh, uh, yep. other cities that have gone downhill because people stop caring about it. But then the rest of the world just happens. When is RoboCop set? Do we get a date? A time? Was it 1991? It's, it's, it's definitely the 90s. I want to say it's 97, but Probably, I might be yeah. wrong. Because <laughs> I've seen 91 or 97. I think they say it in the actual... Oh, yeah, it's definitely there. And it's definitely the 90s. I remembered that. So I want to stick with Robocop for a little bit now. I've got a question specifically for you. This is shot like a police procedural. The camera movement, everything like feels like how it moves through. It almost feels like it could be an episode of, of uh, SVU or something, right? Yes. I would watch that. That would be awesome. But so, 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 so Alan, I'm, I'm curious with that, you know, the, 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 um, genre of the police procedural like where did that come from and, and do you agree or disagree that this contains some of those elements or is a blatant use of those elements there's some elements of it uh the uh the identikit uh trick that robocop can do when he's uh matching up faces mm -hmm. uh that's, that's actually uh, that was actually a major uh, plot point in the robocop video game as I recall as well, that, that that face matching was seen as really kind of crucial to the world. Um, 
but that kind of identikit stuff i mean uh like there's some basic police work going on here certainly um it's not like super detailed and there's still like massive constitutional violations but still so is it is it it more than and maybe then i'm conflating something maybe it's just more that that look into what I, I think the police station feels authentic. And I think, I think I, maybe that's what I'm talking about. And then some of the shooting style, I think the camera angles tend to be a little bit more pronounced. Like there's certain points in watching RoboCop where I'm like, man, it feels like Sam Raimi almost directed this thing. Right. Except there's it's some... not quite silly enough in some places. Yeah. It has to be a little bit more silliness. Um, one, of the, one of the points that ties into this, uh, IMDb noted that uh, Nancy Allen, uh, who plays uh, Lewis, uh, they gave her a super short haircut because they wanted to, quote, desexualize her, which I think failed because she's really cute with that short hair. But anyway, um, she... Uh, but I can kind of see that as part of like trying to make her a little bit more uh, like a more realistic cop. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those shots within the, uh, the police station and we get a really quick boob shot, but not like a lingering one like you would see. Uh, and actually that's a, now that I think about it, that's a scene in Starship Troopers too, except the boob shot is given more um, time. Yeah, that uh, was a, little a- bit- a little bit more objecti- uh, ob- objectness, I think, going on. Whereas in the police station here, it's just really quick. It's just to emphasize, hey, men and women are in the same locker room. Yeah, and and as it's 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 almost the exact same as the right before that, the shower, and you get a couple shots of man ass. Yeah, yeah. It's just here's the locker room. Yeah, it really. It, I mean, it feels like it's very equal. This this whole time, I've been trying to think of SBU stingers that RoboCop is saying when they find the dead body, but I can't think of anything. And I'm so mad about my, about that right now. <laughs> I took so many notes on RoboCop last night, but then I left my notebook at home. <laughs> <laughs> but I was drinking while I was watching it, and I'm pretty sure I didn't care about my handwriting, so I don't know if it had any value at all. But I know that there's a lot of good stuff. All I'm right. So, uh, can, we do a, can we do quote rundown here? Sure. Uh, are we sticking with RoboCop then? And the kind of maybe I know we're going to go back and forth, but is these RoboCop quotes? Yeah, RoboCop quotes. Awesome. The Crow has like a couple of good quotes that I still can do to this day, but uh, the uh, the RoboCop highlights. Um, after Mister Kinney is gunned down to death, Dick, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> Just great delivery on that one. Then let's see. Can you fly, Bobby? Which is where we find out that Clarence Boddicker is a total bastard. Yeah, that was awesome. Awesome. Throws him out of the uh, back of the truck and, yes. The, the quote that every uh, super fan pulls away from RoboCop, I'll buy that for a dollar. Oh, where, did oh. That com- where did that come from? Is that, is that, did that originate here? What is, because let, let's set that up. That is a, a commercial slash TV show program that's being played in the as part of this universe yeah. mm-hmm. and that's a character's catchphrase yep yep according to imdb the sitcom is called it's not my problem and i don't think they ever actually feature that on in, in like in the it, we didn't we never know what that sitcom is called we just know it's really stupid and the i'd buy that for a dollar is of course his catchphrase of course making fun of catchphrase heavy 
sitcoms. So, so that show is not a real show. No, no. Okay. But the the tag the 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 catchphrase is from I think it was like a radio comment or a radio uh, show in the forties where they said I'd buy that for a quarter or something. Hmm. Just that trivia oh, yeah. thing. Because that that show within the movie within the film uh, reminds me of some of the. Um, I don't know if it would be Spanish or Mexican, whatever the the Mexican TV. Telemundo. Uh, whatever that genre is, yeah. where you've got very attractive women with very schlubby guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got some so, yeah. going on. Every time that show is being played in the movie, violence occurs, which I right. find interesting. Like the. It's hilarious too. There's always yeah. a reaction side of somebody watching that stupid thing and just thinking is the funniest thing ever. I think yeah. that just is wonderful. The fact that they always stick to that. It's uh, it reminded me of uh, idiocracy on those yes. grounds. Like yes. You constantly see how stupid people in the future are. But it's interesting that every single time they show some media, it's that, and then every single time they show that, which is media, there's violence that ensues. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I saw that as the spoo slash social commentary of everything, which is it's a nice yeah, little, and, other layer. And that's, uh, well, that's Coven. He, he, that, 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 that's something he intended to do. That, and it's and not, it's because because it doesn't distract. I, I don't think right. it just distracts. Um, mm -hmm. But the, the amount of violence and the overuse of, of violence is amazing i just it's just so it's it's fun right even though mm -hmm. body parts are flying around flying off people it's just it's one of those um guilty pleasures i think of i remember watching robocop for the first time with my dad and i was in high school by that point i did it this wasn't when it came out a couple of years later we were watching on showtime or some uh, some such and we get to the poor uh, Mr. Kinney being like cannoned to death in the yes. boardroom. And my dad laughed his head off during that scene. <laughs> I, I thought I it was think, the bad thing he'd ever seen. So the only other Verhoeven film that I've seen that I really remember is Total Recall. Yes. Yeah. And Total Recall is its violence is hilarious as well oh yes yes and there's so a I lot of yeah verhoeven has yeah. got a got a knack for making violence fun and fun well, funny him and tarantino yeah. make a good uh, but tarantino is good at making the serious violence serious and kind of disturbing and fun violence fun and funny too so yeah right <clears throat> so the crow that's a movie yes and oh, I got one more. Oh, sorry, 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 Rob. In honor, in honor of uh, the magic of Detroit. Ooh, guns, guns, guns! Tigers are playing tonight, and I never miss a game. You can't just reference one of the sports teams from the city and have that be your whole claim to fame of the city. That is almost their entire connection to Detroit. That's that. how we got. That's how we got through most superhero movies. They would just say a superhero's name from a different uh, uh, part of the universe, and then we'd be like, "Oh my God, it's their shared universe!" But now we actually see them, so it's same thing. Oh my God, the Detroit Tigers are in the RoboCop universe. So, so I, I, sucked during in '87. I I can't yeah, remember. They no, oh, they, they, they sucked. Yeah. No, '87. 
It was eighty four was when they last won the World Series. Yeah, did they fall off that hard and fast? I can't remember. Yeah, it was bad. Um, and and before we go to the crow, there's one other thing. Uh, just for clarification, so the big bad in RoboCop, what was his name? Which there's two. Uh, Well, no, the 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 last one, the one Uh, who made it. Okay, Dick. Yes, Dick. Um, Referred to repeatedly as Dick. He wanted to increase crime or be in control of what was going on to increase crime so that he could build his new Delta city, but which was a a perfect city to start out with. But his whole intention of doing that was so that he could reestablish himself as the controlling person of the crime in the new city. No, the, the main executive guy, the, the older guy that fired him at the end, he wanted to create this perfect city. And so he wanted to get rid of crime and so Dick was in charge of the security stuff and made Ed 209. Mm-hmm. Ed 209 was seen as a failure, but also on top of that, Dick was also in charge of the crime with um, Red. Clarence. Clarence. Yeah. And so once the perfect city was made, he could actually be in charge of the crime and the security to, to have both sides of that. Sell guns to everybody, right? Well, yeah. What movie was that from? Something. Last anyway. Jedi? Yeah, was it? Was it the Last Jedi? Uh, it was yeah. Such a good movie. <laughs> Moving on to the crow. <laughs> Moving on to the crow. The crow. I love the soundtrack. That's my favorite part of the crow. That was good. Uh, yeah. yeah. So good. Yeah. It's it is the best popular uh, music soundtrack. Period. Uh, uh, it is. There's other ones that I also like from this period maybe a little bit earlier but this one holds together the best it's it's the best consistent one and it really fits the movie it's not topped until natural born killers if you uh, like which is about the same time if i remember right so i have a problem with these two movies then because the first one we okay we're we're talking about superhero movies this whole time the first Mm -hmm. cop starts out as a police officer so he's uh, enforcing the law a hero by yeah a hero and then when he, he makes the uh, transformation he's still going out and doing his job he's not just taking revenge out on everybody he eventually does take revenge out on the people that kill him but he is actually stopping crime the entire time it's just revenge so yeah. how is this a superhero movie is my question I would argue it is the situation which breaks the superhero movie this is a this is a pure on this is like the Punisher, except the Punisher at least has a wider vision of killing every criminal he comes across. Yeah, uh, the crow is only about revenge. That is his entire focus. He's he tells Top Dollar, who's the big bad, on at least two occasions, just give me the guy I want to kill, <laughs> yeah. and I'll leave you alone. I'll be mm-hmm. gone. So uh, this is all about revenge. So there is no heroic element here other than the stuff they add for the movie. So where and, does where does the crow come from? Not 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 in the movie, but like in the the lore, the, the, the story. Where does the story come from? Is it a comic? It was a comic originally created by J.O. Barr, uh, who was this weird recluse guy who did this comic. As far as I know, he's done very little else. 
uh, but he's known as the Crow Guy. And he, he drew it and he wrote it, as I recall. And uh, the comic's excellent. I mean, it's really good. The art doesn't, isn't consistent all the way through. It's not always consistently good, but it's still very evocative. It still really works. And it's a lot darker than the movie when it comes right down to it. They, they, they made some changes that I did not agree with at the time, and I still do not agree with. So is The Crow as a comic story, then is it still a whole, the primary focus on vengeance? Or does it evolve once he gets his vengeance? The entire thing is based on loss and vengeance. It is about uh, Eric Draven, or Eric, I guess. I don't even, I don't think they gave him a last name in the comic. He gave him a last name. Or in the, I'm sorry, in the show, in the movie. In the movie, definitely. Um, But uh, he is, uh, it's all about loss. Everything is about about dealing with horrible loss through horrible violence. It's, uh, it's uh, very, and again, it's a a ridiculously gothic storyline. That's the whole point. And Barr supposedly wrote it after he was recovering from a, a loss of somebody in his life. I don't remember uh, the details, but so that's always been kind of part of the the bigger legend of this of the story that Barr wrote this about loss, and then of course, then the movie version gets colored forever by Brandon Lee dying on set. Yeah. The the thing with the crow that i like the most other than the music is how he kills or when he re spoiler alert uses that pain to 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 kill the big bad that that's so cool and the fact that he got that from the cop like you know retired ghostbuster being a police chief is so cool I mean, it's just the connection. The universes are connected, right? Detroit and New York are far enough away where it doesn't get weird. And Ernie Hudson's awesome. I he gets uh, he gets some of the best just undercut, undercutting funny lines in this service. Uh, he, okay, but uh, yeah, he 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 does a really good job here. Although that uh, the penance touch thing, which we'll call it that because it's blatantly stolen from uh, Ghost yeah, Ghost Rider's penance there. Is that, uh, that, is that yeah. how Ghost Rider does it? No. Like Ghost Rider does it with, uh, by grabbing somebody and like staring at them, but same idea. Gotcha. He, he actually beat Galactus one time with the penance there. Because Galactus is a bad boy, yes. And unlike Dr. Doom feels bad about his badness, whereas Doom thinks everything he does is awesome. Exactly. That's why Doom is the best villain and I cannot wait for them to come to him become the MCU. Anyways. Yeah. I'm hoping. So, uh, okay, I um, as I like to do, I wrote down all the powers that I saw the crow use. Oh, nice. Got it. Um, so I have accelerated healing, so he's got a healing factor, kind of yeah. probably on par with De- uh, Deadpool, I would say. Yeah, um, same one. Increased stamina. He has bird yep. vision, which he can see with the the, the crow sees because they, they yep. show that with the the flashes. Um, yep. He has enhanced reflexes, agility, ability to sober up somebody, or to take the drugs out yeah. of, or to stop yeah. addiction. Because that's how drugs work. Or we'll, Obi Wan we'll Jedi mind trick with you don't want to sell death sticks anymore. You want to relive. Your, you want to uh, rethink your life. 
don't know. We'll, we'll come back to that bullshit later. <laughs> telepathy, because he can take memories out. So, like, uh, some sort of telepathy or a mental. And that's all I have. But my question, and I, I posed this to you guys earlier, is, is Eric the one doing this stuff? Or is the crow the one hmm. Eric do this stuff? And that's why he's doing this stuff. Because it's called the crow. He's not the crow. There is an actual crow. Yeah. And is a crow a raven? Is it, or is a raven a crow? I don't even understand. I should know this. Yes, Corvidae. Uh, so they are related, and I don't know anything else other than that. Thank you, Doctor. Man, that was, that <laughs> yes. was nice. I like that. <laughs> awesome. Uh, where I feel like both these movies, and it was, I, you know, I told you earlier, where it was connected to me where these are the same movies, was at the yeah. end with somebody falling out of the freaking w- window and horrible CGI yeah, yeah. as they hit, the, and then they hit the pavement that we don't get to see. I would argue that RoboCop had worse because it was definitely like a claymation guy with two long arms <laughs> falling. <laughs> yeah. Like that was bad. It was it wasn't Italian Spider-Man bad. <laughs> no. But they could have they could have done the the Die Hard one with Hans Gruber where they just drop him on a blue screen or something. Like they did with that. That would have been a, a, a drop falling scenes when somebody is dying are the weak point of movies up until about the 2000s. Like uh, in in Tim Burton's Batman, uh, when the Joker drops at the end, it's animation. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really quick, but you can see, and it wasn't, and it was actually better than both of these movies falling effects. And it's still kind of sucky. And I don't understand what, what was the fascination with that, falling to your death type right like it, and it, dick was shot 300,000 times this dude could have had his whole body freaking brains explode the fact like he falls out and then the, the spike through him and the blood through the gargoyles mouth is a cool image but it doesn't linger very long either like it's it's like i don't understand why they did what they did yeah yeah that there you go because apparently villains die by falling they're done yeah Villain falls, everyone dies. Maybe it could be a metaphor for those villains are falling to hell. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> you and your metaphors. Yes. <laughs> you too. You will be a doctor someday, Clink. Ooh, Dr. Clink. So, um, uh, other connection to one of the movies we saw earlier this season uh, the pawn shop owner. Gideon yes. is uh, the crime boss from Blank Man. <laughs> yeah, he is. Which, by the way, the pawn shop owner has had multiple weapons pointed at his face, yet he's still insulting the guy that was behind the weapon. Like, why? He's a pawn shop owner. People rob him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like being a convenience store worker in a movie or working at a liquor store in a movie. I guess. Like, oh, it's their gun. I've survived 80 million of these. I can, so with the crow and humor, because we talked about humor with Robocop a little bit, I only remember the one point where uh, the crow, the raven, Eric, whatever you want to call him, uh, Eric Draven, uh, as the crow, uh, goes and shoots up the guy in bed and he makes a comment about his, ru- his pants being ruined and then he has this horrible 
fake death. Is that, is that, did that pull you guys out of it? Or were there other instances of comedy that I missed and kind of. He said, he said, look, you ruined my sheets. Oh, your sheet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't die then. He, he was like yeah. passed out and then he went in the shower for some reason. Like he put him in the shower and then he got stabbed with all those heroin needles in the heart. Yeah. Uh, which. So we can get the movie. It's anti-drug message, which by the way, the comic does not have at all. Is, is that, that how they got it passed text? through the, the authorities was by having an anti-drug message? Uh, yeah. Um, I think they very specific, instead of just removing, mm -hmm. um, uh, dr uh, Eric's drug use. Um, he does actually. He actually does like shoot himself full of heroin at one point uh, in the uh, comic. In the comic, really? Uh, yeah. yeah. There is no anti-drug message at all right. uh, <laughs> in the comic. Uh, that's all added for this. And the uh, now the the line about uh, mother is the name for God on the lips of all children if i remember right that's act that's from the comic but pretty nice. much the crow's ability to redeem people is basically saying creepy things to them and then leaving like uh, you're on your own squeezing squeezing out all the drugs from their veins uh, yeah that's that that's bullshit added for the, for the <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that was just bullshit uh <laughs> Oh, uh, the another line that both of these movies could have in common between RoboCop and uh, and The Crow is uh, when uh, uh, Eric is at the uh, pawn shop and he's getting pissed off at hearing all the names of the guys who killed him, and the line is a whole jolly. And that always stuck with me because the names of everyone. <laughs> we just lost, we, didn't, we didn't get any of that, Alan. It, it sounded like it was censored. It was awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll have to leave that in. Oh, it was a whole jolly, a whole jolly club with jolly pirate nicknames. <laughs> and then talking about Tin Tin and yeah. Fun Boy and T Bird and Skank, mm -hmm. the dumb one. I have written down in my notes, what Detroit is this? Because it seemed uh, apparently every year on Devil's Day, what is it called? Devil's Night. Devil's Night. Night. Are you, don't, do you know, do, do you not know things, Clink? Uh, that's a thing? That's an actual yeah. thing? Oh. Yeah. Allow me to ask this, Clink. There's a, uh, there's a certain bit of uh, combination of urban legend and what we call uh, ostention connected to devil's night uh there are actually arsons that take place in detroit uh the night before halloween and this got really bad. it was really bad in i think the 80s when pretty much everything was going bad in detroit and it kind of continued as sort of this weird legendary thing beyond that legendary in the sense that it was bigger than life not that it wasn't happening similar to so, like zoom bombing it happens once and all of a sudden people think it's yeah. happening everywhere right yeah that's fine it's true well yeah but uh, you're gonna nah. let's Whatever. take the violence and the mayhem <laughs> and leave the religion out of <laughs> but no um right. so the the, the yeah. problem <clears throat> the, the thing about this is and i said this before but this detroit is more violent and kind of more over the top with it's like kind of crazy where yeah. they have Every year, for apparently a decade, they said in the, in the movie, people are setting fire to buildings, like firebombing buildings left and right. 
How right. is the city still standing if it's like this bad? It, it, it wasn't. I mean, that, that yeah. was one of the, the issues that, that, that um, you know, and, and storytellers, what, what we obviously do is we hear a story and then you have to make it bigger than it, than it really is. But there were so many, there was so much of the remnants of, you know, the, the, the riots and the movement of the people from Detroit, Wayne County out into the suburbs that Detroit was just pretty much a lot of it was abandoned, which was a perfect excuse to, to burn something down, right? There were no neighbors, there's nothing else going on. You could, you could do stuff like that fairly easily. Yeah. Um, and it just became a convention, I think, for a lot of people where if you were going to set something up in a shitty place, it was going to be Detroit. Yeah. If you needed yeah. a sparse, shitty place to set up a story, you'd do it in Detroit. And I think J.O. J.O. Barr was actually from, uh, if not from Detroit, from Michigan, at least. So I don't remember uh, whether, uh, he, I know at least he had some connection to the area. I mean, even if it is like the weird um, urban battleground uh, version of it that shows up here. So hold on a second. Oh. Oh, go oh. ahead, go ahead, Alan. You say, oh, you say smarter things than me. Quick shout out to Bai Ling, uh, who plays the creepy girlfriend. Uh, this is the only, well, the, she is one of those people who has had a long career in Hollywood and almost none of her footage ever shows up in movies. Uh, and, uh, so she actually got a decent amount of screen time here. And this is the uh, first movie that I really saw her in. And then later on, she was in the excellent, oh, I can't remember who the director was. It's a Chinese movie called Dumplings. Uh, it's part of uh, a. Uh, it was part of a, a uh, an omnibus movie called Three Extremes, originally, and then there's a longer version that was just made of her story. And she plays a creepy, ageless uh, uh, auntie figure who is um, uh, trafficking in a certain cure for uh, eternal youth. So it's a horror film. Yes, it's for Hong Kong horror film. It's the reason I can't eat dumplings with shrimp in them now. She is actually the re one the reason that took me out of the movie. Yeah, because I'm not a makeup expert. I've never really had makeup on, but <clears throat> her lipstick, like they don't stop with the lips. Like they accentuate the lips a little too much, where you could kind of tell. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, we're going past the lips and kind of making it look more cartoony. This is. This doesn't feel right. This doesn't look right. <clears throat> uh, she, both she and Top Dollar are kind of weird here. I sort of like them just because they're kind of creepy and 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 off-putting, sort of like Gary Oldman and just about anything. Uh, but like Gary Oldman and just about anything, he doesn't actually. They don't actually work. That's why they're so interesting and creepy. Uh, I'm thinking like uh, Gary Oldman's uh, villain in The Fifth Element. Mm -hmm. You can't even tell what damn accent he's doing. I mean, the he's future. just all over the place. Yeah. yeah. And he just doesn't fit, but it's awesome because it doesn't fit. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I think we, I can't remember what episode we did this with before. No, it was the one where we watched, um, oh, geez, what was the one where they beat up uh, Black Scorpion? And who was, the, who was the pimp in Black Scorpion? What was his name? Oh, yeah. Easy Streets? Yeah, so, Easy so Streets. Yeah, that makes sense because it's not Mermaid because that's a, a different one. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> all of them. Sorry. If we were in Top Dollars Gang, what would our names be? Our nicknames be? Oh, jeez. Um, you can't just put us on the spot like that. No, I'm gonna. Th- we're gonna. We're doing it on the spot because this is this is gonna lead into. I'm teasing right now. I'm teasing. What do you think your people. name's gonna be? My nickname is Supreme Bean. Wait, wait, wait. Shouldn't we give each other nicknames? Okay. Your name is Flux Capacitor. Really? <laughs> yes. You just read my shirt. That's it. Yes, yes, exactly. It works. <laughs> wow. We got to go burn that building down. <laughs> yeah. That works. My name is, my nickname will be Jam Master V. Should, yeah. we, should we call Alan the professor then? Is that what we're doing? Gilligan's Island style slash X-Men Professor? Style? I don't know. I was going to go with Doc. I was going to go with Dr. Dick, but we'll see. <laughs> professor Cutioner. <laughs> professor Cutioner, <laughs> yes. We combine. It has to be a combination of two words. And your, your name could be Our, our Tank. <laughs> and my name will be Video killer. <laughs> okay, we've got our. We've got yep, our We're team. done. Good job, guys. Thank you for. <laughs> no one's been scared of this game. Yes. We're... <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Was is uh, the guy that plays Top Dollar Michael Wincott? Is that the one from this film, or is it James Gammon? No, it's uh, Michael Wincott. I, I wrote him down because he looks really familiar, and I don't yeah, think I seen him in anything else is he's he been in, in stuff is he in robin hood uh he is in robin hood um he's he's like in a bunch of things it's just nothing i've i really have good knowledge of this is right. the movie I. Was in it's like miguel ferreira from uh jla yeah. yeah you've seen him in everything but you can't name one thing apparently yeah. he's related to george clooney miguel ferreira really like he's really? His cousin or something i didn't know interesting that. Oh, this uh, in tons of movies. I know Miguel Ferrer's dad was in movies too. Uh, he was a he was a noteworthy actor as well. I remember uh, the Doors. Top Dollar was also in the Doors. If you oh, watch okay. that movie, but. that that makes sense. So, I, uh, I have a quote. Oh, from, go for it, bro. So uh, this is after the the first guy gets killed with the knives. Um. This is the guy's talking about him. He goes, somebody stuck a knife in all his major organs in alphabetical order. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, have, I, I have one question for you, Clink. Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? <laughs> is that just something kind of cool to say? Just like, it, I, I think that's how they did things in the 90s. Yeah. They tried the to. 90s. They tried to write because because that eighties film culture and video store culture led to so much of our dialogue coming from movies that I think they intentionally tried to write lines that they thought people would like use in everyday life. Uh, honestly, um, I think there's actually a bunch of of lines that do have uh, sticking power in this. Uh, the one that we unfortunately remembered wrong all these years is. Oh, T-Bird, here's to you when uh, the skank is uh, 
in his total meltdown phase after his buddy T-Bird is killed. And is and like snap yeah, fire it <laughs> so stupid. I love it. <laughs> the one direction that I see the director doing for this guy was okay, I want you to have higher energy. And then he goes higher energy. He's like, no, 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 no. I don't think you're hearing me. I want you to have high energy. He's like, okay, I'm doing it. Like, no, no, no. I want you to go so high energy that it's just ridiculous. And then they goes, okay. I, I, I think that's a vibrate. But I think that's one of the things with superhero stuff. You just have to go full, full ridiculous, right? It's like, as I'm reading this X-Man crap from the eighties. <laughs> it's not crap, man. It's, it's, it's so good it's, stuff. But it's just ridiculous. But I yes. think you have to go full ridiculous. You can't try to you can't you can't try to be too real with these with these stories because they're not no. right. If you well, try to be real, then, it's gonna appear fake. But then don't you, read any stories from the two thousands because they try and go uh, a little bit more serious. I, when does Wolverine die? Because I'm really looking forward to that. And I'll be done Never. on this adventure. He's Wolverine dead now. Never done. Oh. Came back. Uh, two of them. Yeah. Yeah. There's multiple there's like a bunch of wolverines see he's got, got he's got hot claws now too don't ask me why it's really weird hot so it's past our time and i'm sure yeah. my mom is sleeping oh. by now um <laughs> uh, all right what are we doing next week well hold on what did we learn we got we, what did we learn if we if that's the only way we can you know build this time uh -huh. to the schools if we learn something don't violently murder people I didn't or know, else, or else somebody was going to come and get revenge on you, even if that person has been dead for a year. Yes. This corpse yeah. looks pretty good for being dead for a year, right? Yeah, he came oh. out looking looking really. Well, he's nice. got the Deadpool powers, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Alan, what did you uh, learn? I learned that if you are bad mouthing a superior, don't do it in the executive washroom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I learned that if you name your son Dick. He's probably going to be one. <laughs> uh, yes, next week, which would be uh, the final, potentially the final episode of this season. Uh, and we have Mr. Clink is going to recommend a double feature for us, I think. Wait, double feature? Weren't we going to do two? I, I was, I remember Bucker Bonds. I don't remember the other one. Oh, I thought maybe you had another one. Alan, did I have another one? I don't think you had another one. I, I think, think Buckaroo okay. Bonds is so weird. It's going to take up our entire conversation. Fabulous. Yes. So, it's more Peter Weller. So it's yes. more Weller at the time. And oh. Jeff Goldblum. Oh. And Jeff Goldblum. Oh, Peter Weller was he's was one. I mentioned this to you, Alan, the other day. He's one of my favorite characters. He's in Dexter. Uh, yeah, season I, six of Dexter. He does a really good job playing an asshole uh, cop who gets fired, detective who gets fired. Dexter had some really good guest villains. I mean, they had some really good people on. Yeah, Dexter is a phenomenal show. We should podcast about Dexter. I've never seen it. <gasps> I've seen Dexter five times. Ah. I, I might have a problem. That's nothing. <laughs> I don't want to tell you how many times I've seen Next Generation. Uh, we, yeah, that's really weird. Not <laughs> weird. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, have you seen Next Generation? And obviously, yes. you have five times. Multiple times. <laughs> Multiple times. Um, so I have a proposition, and I don't know if I should make it now or if I should wait. So I'm, I'm going to ask you guys, do you want me to save it, or do you want me to like say what I think I would like us to do for our final episode? All right, clink your call. Save it. Okay, I'll right. save it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, 
This has been, because you watch Star Crash, Zoom, a look at the podcast. Wait, a look at the crow. Hey, everybody. <laughs> we don't care anymore. We'll see you next time. Dr. Alan Barris, Michael Klink, and me, Mike Vanderpool, saying, Nanu, Nanu, live long and perspire. Say bye, folks. Bye, folks. Fire it up. Fire it up. Fire it up. Fire it up. <laughs> Whoosh.